Welcome to the Basketball Champions League Coast to Coast podcast with you from Regensburg, Germany. I'm David Hein. Back with me, partner in crime, Igor Jerkovic. Igor, welcome back. How are you doing? Uh, it's been a long wait. Uh, Dave, we, we haven't talked in a while. Um, good to be back. Done with the national teams. So ready to get back with the club basketball again. Yeah, um, I guess... You know, any any uh, any thoughts, uh, BCL national team crossover that uh... I mean, it's it's really impressive how guys who excelled at BCL level took their form and kind of took over their national teams. Like you got guys like Retino Basohan and Wojtek Ruban fighting each other with Belgium and Czech Republic as the dominant guys on the court. Uh, even like. I'm going to consider Alperen Sengun as a BCL product because he played it when mm-hmm. he was 17. Yeah, sure, sure. And so he's already had that international experience and playing at the big stage now for Turkey. And even guys like Tamir Blood, I mean, he played a couple of great games. I mean, the one against Spain, he was he finished with 9 points, 9 assists and played with so much experience. I mean, just he, he was the leader on the court. So... I'm thinking that this competition is helping people a lot when they come together for the national team windows. And of course, we had our Bakken Bears uh, crew really give Lithuania one heck of a scare. <laughs> yeah, it turned out to be the highest rated TV sporting event, sporting broadcast in Lithuania, like in the past year or so. I think like something like 900,000 people watched it. So, I'd say, and, and they and they were. Uh, I'm sure there was a, a close to a heart attack here or there for sure. Yeah, well, I was just about to say like <laughs> 899,000 probably suffered a heart attack. But <laughs> yeah, um, happy happy to always happy to watch the national team uh, action. I, I I've always been a fan of 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 the windows. I think it's great to have have uh, the the national teams uh, during the season and and have the exposure to the national teams. Uh, but happy now also to have the, the the basketball Champions League back. We this the interview we have this week is with uh, Zoran Lukic, the head coach with uh, Nizhny Novgorod, um, and uh, we're not gonna we're not gonna talk too long today. Um, just kind of uh, maybe just give us gives a couple of predictions about the uh, about the the st- about the the, the playoffs. And then uh, look ahead to um, the first round of games uh, next week, and then we'll we'll let you uh, head on uh, to whatever you're up to. Uh, so I guess let's let's kind of start off with uh, Group I. Uh, obviously, there's the two Turkish teams, uh, Pinar Kashaka and Tofa Bursa, and then there's also Hapol Hapol Unet Credit Halon. And happy Casa Brindisi. So basically, for all of these groups, just kind of thinking that we'll maybe give uh, the teams that we think will uh, advance, and maybe just one player to watch. So um, I guess why don't you start? Uh, what do you, What do you think as far as uh, the teams that will advance, and and maybe maybe why? Um, I'm gonna pick Pinar Karciaka as the group winner here because I'm a big fan of what they're doing, and they can play like small ball basketball, really physical. They got really powerful guys and they got an excellent coach in Ufuk Sarija. So basically for me, they're the favorites, not only to win this group, but to be right there at the summit when we hand out the trophy in May. Um, it's just 
a long-lasting impression since I watched them last season and it kind of felt like they could challenge for Turkish championship last season. And they just transmitted that same kind of form to this season and they've been a joy to watch even though they finished behind Bamberg in their group. I think they're still like the hot favorites to win this one. Uh, one player to watch, uh, I mean... It could be anybody, but it seems that Tariq Philip has found his way with Tofaj Bursa and can be a leader for them. And who do you? Who is the other team you have going through? Ah, I really don't know. It's like, tough, isn't it? Know, it, all, <laughs> it all comes down to how good is gonna Josh Bostic be for Brindisi when he comes on. Um, are Hapoel Holong gonna make uh, twenty-three pointers per game? <laughs> Just. Just too close to call. Um, I'm going to say Brindisi just because I'm a huge fan of Italian basketball. Um, and player to watch? Uh, I said like Tariq Philip. Tariq Philip, okay. Um, I, I, I went with Kashiaka uh, as the group winner. Um, and I actually went with uh, Tofas um, to to actually get it done. Uh, and then Brindisi third with uh, Halone uh, uh, finishing fourth. Uh, I just really think Tofas is playing really, really good basketball. Um, the one thing that we could have maybe also talked about was, you know, teams wishing they didn't have a break, and obviously they had a pretty good, pretty good run there. They also knocked off uh, Fenerbahce, um, and uh, you know, player to watch. I mean, you mentioned uh, you mentioned Bostic, but I mean, really, obviously, there's the health of D'Angelo Harrison. What is there? Um, and uh, as you know, that's that's in. In my eyes, that's kind of the easy one player to watch. Uh, I, I went with um, actually another guy from Tofas, and it's uh, Devon uh, Akon Corsell. I just think that you know he's he really stepped up that much more. And so, um, yep, that's that's what I got. Uh, Group J: uh, uh, Igokea, uh, Lenovo, Tenerife, um, Heredia, San Pablo, Burgos, Fevriga. Um, I'll start with this one. Uh, I'm going to say that uh, Burgos are going to win the group and um, the second uh, place finisher will be Tenerife um, ahead of Riga and uh, Iokea. Um, and I'm... Went, went out on a limb. Went out on a limb on, on those two, I know. Um, but but um, I, I think that Tenerife will finish second over Riga because of a tiebreaker i think that i think that riga will get a game from from uh, tenerife so um and my guy to watch um it's been all season and i'll just stick with it because if they have any chance to do anything it'll be kyle allman and and we we have at least six more games uh hopefully he stays healthy of kyle allman uh with uh with riga so what what do you got i mean now that you say it uh, i do remember Tenerife struggle and playing against Latvian teams. It used to be Venspils. I think that that Venspils won one season, even swept Tenerife, like won both games or were close to winning both games. So they do have trouble with Latvian teams traditionally. But at the same time, I don't think they're losing any games here. I think that this this is a good chance for them to kind of establish their rivalry with Burgos and mm -hmm. show them who's the boss and take back the, you know, like the bragging rights of the Spanish teams in the Basketball Champions League because this used to be Tenerife's league and now Burgos are the new kids in town and <laughs> it just looks like a good old 
you know, sundown showdown with a couple of guys ready to shoot at each other. <laughs> so basically, I think that Tenerife do have what it takes to win the group and Burgos should finish second. I don't think that, with all due respect to Vefriga and Nikokea, I don't think that on a scale of six tough games, I don't think that they have the depth to match up with the Spanish juggernauts. Uh, okay, and player to watch, and I'll react real quick. Uh, player to watch, uh, Marcelino Huertas. It's just amazing that it's going to be. It's going to be actually a perfect matchup to see Huertas going up against Tomar Cook. Is just the old school kind of yeah, point. How about that? <laughs> yeah, just if you want to learn how to treat your body right and how to make your career last for 20 plus seasons then you should watch these two guys yeah i, I like the, the point about Tenerife and, and 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 burgos and i mean there's the there's a league game um with between uh between the two games in the, in the uh, champions league playoffs group so um you know Copa del Rey, so this this is becoming a big time rival. Yeah, um, it always seems to be like that. That uh, teams playing each other and domestically uh, somehow play in the in the very immediate future or past uh, yes. in in uh, in in the, in the European competition. Um, all right, Group G, uh, Group K, uh, Six Strasbourg, Turk Telecom, Ankara, uh, Nizhny Novgorod, and Ike Athens. So, um, two teams that will go through and uh, your player to watch. I mean, we got to say somebody from Nizhny Novgorod because if Zoran Lukic is on the podcast, he's probably <laughs> listening to this part. So, we have to be like, oh, yeah, yeah, I really love watching Nizhny. Uh, but it seems that Daryl Macon is going to be with Ike and is going to have a big role. So, this could be interesting because he's a guy capable of scoring. Um, in, in bunches, like he could go and score 20 points in a single half. So it's going to be interesting to see him adapt to playing alongside Keith Langford, another ball dominant scorer. So I'm going to watch Daryl Macon a lot in Ike. And I also think that even though Yannick Moreira had a horrible injury and is out for the rest of the season, apparently, uh, not confirmed yet, I um, think that Ike are going to win the group no matter what. Any other team? Turk Telecom, Turk mm. Telecom just got so much better over the this brief period by signing a couple of really elite guys and Foster and O'Brien. So the, this is Turk Telecom is gonna advance too. Yeah, um, I have Turk Telecom winning the group um, and probably against my probably against uh, what I should do but I have I have no problem with uh, making <laughs> making mistakes uh, I'm actually gonna say Strasbourg will go through over Ike um, yeah and uh, it, it would be it would be fitting to kind of complete the revolution of Strasbourg and the, everything they've been through over the couple of past years I mean I, I gotta say I was thinking about Strasbourg too yeah I just you know Ike I think Ike sh- uh, showed some chinks in the armor. Uh, during the, the, the regular season, uh, I think losing Marrera will, whether that's the case or not, uh, you know, losing him for a, a good amount of time, whatever, or a few of those games, how how Macon, you know, interacts with um, uh, with Langford. Um, yeah, there's there's just uh, there's just a lot of questions. I mean, obviously, those guys are so experienced and stuff like that. Uh, um, but I just think the Strasbourg team is really, really uh, well built and can do a lot of different things to beat you. 
Um, and you mentioned Turk Telecom with those guys that they added. You know, O'Brien has been playing big time, and you know Foster has good experience as well. My guy to watch, obviously, Sam Decker. Um, I think that the Turk Telecom, one of the things that I had been worrying about Turk Telecom, they really addressed um, was their depth, where they, you know, at even times were only playing seven or eight guys, and to add. Um, okay, they they lose um, Eric Michael, but you know they bring in two guys. So I, I think that that's um, I think it's altogether an upgrade um, and gives them more flexibility um, at the at the big at the big position as well. You know, O'Brien can definitely step out as well. So I think that's going to be um, I th- I think that's Turk Telecom's group to uh, to take uh, Group L. Now, do you think that Sam Decker now has? MVP potential now that he's not forced to play 37 minutes per game anymore and he could basically increase his production. Yeah, I mean, he's obviously been one of the best players in the league and 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 now uh, if he's not having to worry about the the you know, uh, you know, trying to preserve some of his energy cuz you know he's going to have to be playing so many minutes, it only can make him that much more effective. I mean, that definitely is yes. a possibility, so Okay, move on. Uh, group L, uh, Broza Bamberg, Casademont, Saragossa, Demane Osasari, and Yara Nimberg. Um, I guess it's my turn. Uh, I'm going to say Nimberg win the group. Um, and uh, I was kind of fighting with uh, Sasari and Saragossa. I like... Um, um, I don't... I mean... I really like Wiley. Uh, he was fantastic for North Macedonia in the yes. in the window. He was amazing, actually. Um, but there's something about Saragossa um, in having to rely on the on the craziness that is Dylan Ennis that worries me. Um, and I think Hap coming in. You know, I've been waiting so long to see him, and he only played the one game in Fortitudo. And I mean, he was, you know, was, you know, flirting with a triple double. You know, nineteen ten with six blocks in his one game, and um, and he played now one game with with um, uh, with Cesari then uh, before the break. So, you know, he was able to practice with them, and he's my player to watch. And I I th- I have them. Um, I have them as the second, uh, second, uh, second team go- advancing Saragossa third and, and Bomberg. Um, I, I don't know if Bomberg are, are, uh, have, man, have, you're, you're really hating on Bomberg this season. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm just, I'm, I'm, I, I don't know if it's, it's, it's hating. I'm just not, uh, I'm not convinced. Um, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm really not, you know, I mean, there are two I, wins I, over Karshiaka where I think by a total of, what was it? Something like eight points or something like six that, points. six points, you know? And so, yeah. and, and there wasn't loads of, uh, of other stuff in that group. Um, that I, mean, I, I, I don't know. I don't know what else they could have done to impress you they've finished six and oh <laughs> yeah i, I mean uh, i've been wrong about teams before uh you know go back yeah. and brent dz strasburg and so <laughs> all right yeah. uh and and my 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 guy to watch is ethan hap who hopefully can finally yeah. get my my triple double in this in, in this uh, triple double <laughs> yeah. uh whatever it's called yeah. so what I do mean, you got I cannot go against Dinamo Sassari. I already said it. I'm a big fan of Italian basketball. And when you got guys like Miro Bilan, Filip Krušlin, Tony Katic on the same team, they're basically more Croats than Italians. <laughs> so I have to go with Dinamo Sassari to advance and probably win the group. Also, 
this break really suited them perfectly, and it could be a good good season for Potseko and guys. Uh, player to watch definitely Jacob Wiley because what he did for North Macedonia in this window was just like he he he's a one man show. Everything he does, even he doesn't have to score, he doesn't have to have a block. Just the way he dominates the court with his uh, demeanor just was a joy to watch. Uh, who's your other team to go through? I don't think I caught that. Oh, I didn't say it because okay. it's going to be close. But, but <laughs> I mean, it could be anything. I mean, it's, I don't know. Like, this is too close to call even for the first place. Like, each of these teams could finish first and fourth at the same time. But I'm going to say Bamberg just out of spite. <laughs> ah, wow, okay. So you have Bamberg going through. I haven't finished in fourth. All right. Um yep. All right, so we mentioned uh, Nizhny Novgorod and head coach uh, Zoran Lukic. Um, here's uh, here's a chat with him. Um, and be prepared to uh, learn a little bit about uh, Nizhny Novgorod, the city. So we will catch you on the other side of that. Uh, so on the show this week, we have Zoran Lukic, the head coach at Nizhny Novgorod. Uh, coach, thank you for uh, taking some time. Um I guess congratulations first on on reaching the playoffs. I imagine going into this season, that was the minimum goal you had for the team. Uh, how does it feel to get back to this stage now for two seasons in a row? You know, basically for us, uh, it was, like you said, main goal to pass the first round of the, the past of the group. In the first round, so you know, second role, second year in the role, it was a little bit confusing. I will be honest, because big problem of the coronavirus virus. So you know, it's not easy to travel. It's not easy to organize the teams and everything. So all the teams are probably in the same problem, but especially for for, for us, uh, like coaches, who needs to organize this process within the team. And, you know, every couple of days or sometimes weeks, you're losing some of the players that are very important for the team. You know, it was not easy. But in the end, we play, I think, pretty good first round. And I hope we will continue like that in the playoffs. About the regular season, I really kind of just wanted to focus on the two games with Saragossa. The first one was the first game of, of your season, of your BCL campaign. And you only had eight guys, um, and they needed a, uh, a three-pointer basically at the buzzer by Dylan Ennis to win. And then the second game yeah. against Saragossa, you were up by 12 points in the third quarter, and you ended up losing in overtime. Um, maybe – what did you? What do you think your your team learned from from those? This in particular, those two games, because th- that's that's the caliber of you know that's a playoff team um, that you learned from those games that can help you in the playoffs. Uh, listen, first of all, we have to understand that we have to learn something from those losses. First of all, we didn't have any pressure in the first game when we traveled into Saragossa. We traveled with eight players and. It was like five people from the staff. We lost a lot of guys because of the COVID. So the guys didn't have pressure. But, you know, when you're making selection of the team, first of all, when I'm choosing my players, I'm trying to get 
good personalities, good characters. So, you know, it was it was not a surprise for me. Definitely, it was not a surprise. We showed that we can play. Of course, there is other problem. You know, it was a, it was a game we play well, but to continue month or two in this kind of balance, it's very difficult. So, you know, we have a problem. Some players are coming back, but other guys get a COVID. So, you know, we're trying to control these situations the best we can, the best we can. And I knew it already after the first game that in the future, if this situation is continuing, we will have a problem. So it's not only for the BCL, it was a situation for the VTB. You know, it, it was like a period of one and a half or two months. We have just from eight to ten players in the practice. And we are not the we're not the team that have that kind of level players, you know, that you, with a with good talking, some walkthrough, you can give them information that you need at play. We have a lot of players without experience, young guys, and they have to develop themselves with a good practice. So that was the big problem for us. So we knew after the first game, okay, we knew what we want. We knew what we can show in the future. So the second game was... Uh, uh, correct roster for us, but still we were not ready. We have we have some players without even one practice. So you know we tried to adapt on that situation. We play correct games. We 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 have good opponent against us. So you know we make some mistakes, uh, very very important mistakes during the game, and that was the moment that we need to learn to correct something to be ready for the future. So you know. If if we are ready for that, if we are focused and we understand where are our mistakes, that is the moment that gives us some benefit even from the loss. Before we talk about the the playoffs, um, we like to talk up to the sort of to get to know the people we talk to. Um, you're from Belgrade, which is obviously one of the ultimate hotbeds of of basketball, you know, on on the car, on the continent in the world. Uh, maybe what players or teams kind of grabbed your heart growing up as a as a youngster? And uh, listen, uh, when you're from the Belgrade, you have you have two options only, and that's it. That's a Red Star or Partizan. I have to say, I'm the fan of the Partizan, so you know. But I'm just a fan of the Partizan. That's it, you know. And we have. Uh, in the past, we have pretty good, uh, pretty good players. Not only one player; it was a generation of the players, like from uh, Georgievic, Danilo, Stevac, Paspal. That was the guys from the also playing, and they have big role in the national teams. You know, I don't want to put somebody upon anybody, but you know, that was uh, uh, I can say even the kid of the of the really of the really good basketball you can see in the Belgrade, especially with the Partizan and the Red Star Partizan one party, and also playing in the Euroleague like a team, Red Star also. But they have they have a really, really uh, good organization. They have really good organization. We have the, that coaching philosophy, Yugoslav or Serbia, whatever you want. So it was a lot of talented guys that are coming up. I don't want to say any name. I just, just it was one generation from uh, which they, where they get really good results, even with the clubs and also with the national team. So you know, it was uh, it was pretty good, 
to look at them, how they're growing, how they're developing, and also how they're bring, bringing happiness also to my people, Serbian people. If if I'm not mistaken, you you stopped playing basketball at about 23 years old. Um, maybe why yeah, yeah, why, yeah, right. why was that, and and why did you want to uh, get into coaching? You know, uh, uh, in that moment when you're 23, you know, and you're getting, uh, I, you know, not only getting, you're understanding, you're understanding. In that moment, I have to be honest, I understood that uh, it was it was Yugoslavia in that time when I was stopping playing, you know. I understood that I, I can't play in a top level, in a top teams in that moment. So it was, if I, if I can't be over there, you know, I will not be satisfied. So I made a decision. Okay, that's it. that's all for me. That's all, folks, guys. Okay, I would like to go, and I have some chances. I didn't use them. Uh, some small injuries. Even you can say it's some disappointing. And you know, I, I first I made a decision to stop to stop playing basketball. Then after a couple of uh, one one and a half two years, uh, you know, I wanted to stay because that's my life. That's my really love, you know, and why? Why to leave the bar? Okay, if you can't play, you can say in basketball. So I talked with my friends and they told me, you know, when we're talking about, I, I trying to explain the situation in the game, what's happening, to understand the game and everything. They said, no, hey, well, listen, why are you not in the coaching? When we, when we look and listening to you, how you're talking about that, explaining everything, you know, you can definitely help some players to develop learn some players to play basketball. So I was saying, okay, maybe that's that's my direction because I wanted to stay with the basketball and I decided uh, with the, some talks, with uh, some coaches and everything, I decided to start play coaching. And I, for me, it was really important, you know, to to not crossing some 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 levels. I, I started from the beginning. I started to work for the really small kids, learning, learning because, you know, Thinking like and being being the player is totally totally different. Okay, we know what is the ball, we know the rules of the basketball and everything. But you know, learning somebody to play correctly and choose the some some methods how to correct the player and develop the player. That's there's nothing similar with playing the basketball. So you know, I starting from the beginning, step by step, step by step, and now find where I am. And how did you? I mean, you, you you mentioned the great players. There's also so many great coaches there too. How did you go and you know find your coaching philosophy? You know, it, it is and it's interesting, especially when you have that opportunity to to talk and listen these Yugoslav basketball school coaches of coaching. So you know, there is a lot of good coaching. I'm not. I'm focused on them. I will be straight. But you know, everywhere in the world, even in the world, Europe, first Europe, then world, there is a lot of coaches. Coaches. So you know, I, I'm ready to to learn from everybody, and I'm still learning. I'm still learning. You know, definitely. I will stop learning when I'm finishing, even with the coaching job. That's the end of my learning of the basketball, like a coach. So you know. I have that opportunity. I have the chance to talk with these coaches, to 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 get some their opinion, some methods, 
their philosophy. Of course, I was choosing what is close to me, what I'm, it was some moments that I'm really didn't uh, accepting. So, you know, it was trying to find myself in, in, in that job, especially in the job that I liked a lot. So, you know, it was, it was a pretty, pretty good even option for me. And uh, then, then it was also being in the States. I have really good chance to listen and work with the coach Popovich, the, my basketball federation. And, uh, and uh, they send us the, the five, for example, five youngest coaches, prospective coaches. They send in the States. And I, I have like, I was three months in the States have opportunity to, to look and even uh, work a little bit with uh, coaches like Popovich, with Roy Williams. And that was, you know, you pick it up with what you like, what you need, what you think, what is close, what is not close. So, and and getting, your, getting your direction. Uh, and then in, in 2005, you went to, um, to have a one-year assistant coach with the Indian national team. I'm just thinking there has to be a great story behind that. It was it was an opportunity from FIBA, yes. Uh, Zoran Radovic, who was uh, in that moment, I'm not sure now, but uh, about his task was developing basketball all over the world. So they, he gave me opportunity and gave me the chance to let go, Zoran. You, you, if you wanted to get something new, to, to try something, to go to India. And basically, you know, I, I was not assistant. I was the, I was the coaching. I, I was the head coaching job. And I was working with the national team over there. And uh, it was interesting for me. New culture, new continent, everything is new for me. And uh, it was like a moment, moment of the creating something new. Try to find myself, try to create something new, especially in India. And it was, uh, you know, very important, not only moment, but part of the life, you know. Because they in in this situation in India, they want to learn everything, not only basketball, even organization about basketball, uh, organization about the team and everything. So it was big. It was big challenge for me in that moment. And then, and then, two thousand six, uh, two thousand six, um, Sergey Panov uh, invited you to Russia to help out with the the under sixteen national team, and as well as the uh, CSK Moscow uh, youth. Uh, program, uh, maybe just how did that yeah. uh, how did that contact come and and what did you think about about going to Russia? You know, it was um, it was um, it was one year when I, it was it passed one year when I was working in India. I have I have as I remember two and a, two, three three years contract in India. It was like that, something like that, and uh, I, I finished one year. Then Sergei uh, Panov called me. He was finishing his playing career, and he got a chance to be like a manager in the youth program of the TSK. So he called me. We have the contact much earlier. We talked a little bit about that. He asked me to come in Russia, and uh, you know, I, I talked with uh, in that uh, moment, uh, General Secretary of the Indian Federation was uh, Mr. Harry Sharma to let me go, not to finish my contract, let me go uh, and continue uh, some, some new part uh, working, in, uh, working in, uh, in Russia. Basically, you know, we are the Slovenian, Slovenian 
people, Serbian and Russian. So it was much closer to me. So he was he agreed. He said, no problem, Mr. Harishanma from India. He said, okay, so no problem. We will want to find a new Serbian coach who will be sub for you. Mm-hmm. If, when we find, you are free to leave. So they found in that moment, uh, it was coach, I think, Buchan, who came like a sub for me, and I, I was flying right away uh, straight to the Russia and starting my coaching jump in Russia. And in 2008, uh, Panov said to you, hey, come on over to Nizhny Novgorod um, and to to sort of restart a, a, a project. Uh, maybe give us a little bit of, yeah. of background on, on that because, you know, not many people know the history of, of Nizhny Novgorod basketball. And, and this was really a, a pivotal, a, 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 a very um, important time right now at, at around 2008. Yeah. 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 Uh, well, well it, it, I think it was the end of the October. So came to me and then this is Zoran. I get some offer to restart the program in Nizhny Novgorod. There is a team in Nizhny, but it was the second division in the middle always every year so uh, he told me well, we have some some dinner and he told me listen I, I get some offer with my old friend over there who wants to rebuild that the the, the basketball team and uh, what do you think about that and uh, it was uh, Dmitry Sratkovsky in that in that moment uh, uh, it, he was uh, ex uh, he was uh, Olympic champion from the Sydney he was responsible in the politics here in uh, in this area for the development, sports, and everything. So we have meeting with him, and he he told us what he wants, in which direction he wants to go to develop, to put the to put the uh, club in a top level. So you know, in in the moment, it was like decision for me in the panel. Listen, this is for us. This is what we want to do. Okay, maybe it was a surprise from somebody to leave the Moscow, but you know, the Moscow is not only the Russia. So for me, it was, uh, it was a very interesting moment. And with the Sergei, we made a decision to come. And it, it, I think it was around in November, end of November, we came here and started with the rebuilding the team. It passed pretty good. In a year and a half, we came in the top division that was uh, PBL then in in uh, they they correcting in VTB, and um, from that time the the Nizhny is competing on the top level in the in the Russian basketball. Yeah, I mean you you helped the team. 2014 was probably a magical season uh, for you. You reached the VTB final, reached the Russia final, yeah. uh, and then also reached the Euro Cup uh, semifinals to to get the club um, uh, qualified for for the Euro League. I mean, that has to be probably one of you, you know, you are most, uh, you know, you're one of your most favorite seasons that you've ever had, I imagine, no? Yes, yes, definitely. Definitely. It's like that. You know, it was, uh, we, we, we were just in, in, some, in some talks, a little bit joke and said, okay, it would be very nice if, uh, if, the, if after five years we can play against Real Madrid and everything, but it, it happened like in, after four years, <laughs> the fourth year. In the Euroleague, the team was playing. Okay, I was not with the team, but the management was staying and everything. So, you know, it was great success. And we are still trying to continue that way. Um, it's not easy. It's not that there are tough times. You, you, you know, and, uh, econ- economic is in a problem in the whole world. 
especially with this virus and everything. But still, we are with a team who has uh, the philosophy, uh, the team who knows what we want, giving the chance to the Messi players to be have main roles in the team. Mm-hmm. Not only like uh, like foreign players, like eight or six to eight or nine foreign players. Now in the VTB, you have some teams they. They know they don't know what to do with the players because they have nine, nine, even ten players for the roster. They have to put somebody out, and so you know we don't have these kind of problems. We know what we want. Uh, I'm pretty satisfied, pretty, pretty satisfied with that, and uh, this is for me my main goal. You know, somebody will say I don't have ambitions for something more. That's not true. You know. I'm I'm satisfied here. I'm really happy here. I'm really happy. Okay, in every team you have some problems, you know, but also you have to look and uh, follow some good things are happening. So I think for me, I will, I will be happy to finish my career even in Nizhny. And in the end of the, my basketball career, I will be satisfied if I'm breaking with Nizhny. Um, you, there's actually a break though, um, that you had, uh, you were away for, um, about three and a half years or so. Uh, you, you went to Banvit in, in Turkey, two and a half, two and a half, two and a half, two and a half years. You yeah. went to, you went to, to, to Banvit for, um, you know, a little more than half a season, uh, went to the Euro cup, um, and, and between the, the 32nd finals and, and eighth finals, um, you guys parted ways and then you were away from basketball for about two years. Um, this may be yeah, before yeah. you, before you rejoin Nizhny in, in March of 2017, um, maybe just go back and, and, you know, just what, what do you, how do you remember that time? You know, first of all, leaving a club, you know, which really meant a, a lot to you that you took from, you know, from very, from a low level, you know, second division to, uh, qualifying yeah. for the EuroLeague, going to a new country and then lo- and then and then you know losing the job um and then just you know and really just being out there and and you know maybe just how do you look back on those 20 years you know it's a, it's a coaching it's a coaching's life you know a coach's life uh like we sometimes are joking there is a two groups of coaching you know coaches one group of the coaches uh, who they lost the job and who will lose the job so you know uh, in that moment, I, I made decision. Uh, we have some problems in the club. We have some problems in the club. I don't want to go with some information more. So now we have a problems. We could, couldn't agree about some details about some situation. It was not the contract. It was more about the, our players, Russian guys, who was already on the market. We couldn't... We couldn't offer them something more. It was difficult. And, you know, it was the, my decision. It was my decision to, to leave the club. And uh, I had the offer from the Turkey. You know, I didn't want to wait something more, get that opportunity. The season was not quite bad, but okay. The management made a decision. Uh, we had problem inside of the team. We had a problem inside the team and the bombing at that time. And okay. It's much easier to cut one person than to cut four or five guys. So you know, the, the, they they choose that I'm the I'm the, the weakest link in that moment. So it's okay, nothing difficult for me. I I left the team. I left the team, and I have some uh, one in a year, one and a half and two years. I was without job, and my first moment of the coming back was I was. Uh, 
maybe you don't know, I, I had the offer from the one chi- of the Chinese team. It was Guangdong team. Okay. And I was over there. So I start to work, but I have an option to go out from the contract after 15 days. It, 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 if, if, if I'm not satisfied with something, blah, 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 and everything. So after 15 days, after 15 days, I said, listen, people, uh, new culture and everything. Uh, I had to continue to work over there without my family. So I said, listen, I'm still not ready, ready for that. Uh, they asked me to stay, to continue a little bit more, maybe to change my opinion. But uh, uh, it was, you know, de- it definitely was my decision to leave. And, uh, you know, after one and a half months, Sergei Panov called me to, to meet each other, to see, to talk a little bit. And, you know, maybe, maybe that moment was uh, crucial for me, that I made a decision to not stay in China, to come back home. After a month, month and a half, it was something like that. He called me. We have a very good and important meeting with him. We talked two days about our situation, what, what, and what was the reason for me to leave and to be in that, in, in that, in that particular moment for, for the club and me to, to, to go different ways. So we talked. We said to each other everything that we want. And also he told me the same so we 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 basically made the 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 moment the line when where we can continue you know mm-hmm. where is that point that we can be together and continuing lies uh, like uh, you know coach and the team and coach and the gm and continue together so i made decision to come back and uh, to to work with the team that i really has special place in my in my heart and I think probably Nizhny Novgorod has a special place in your heart too, as someone who's been there for many years. Um, for, for those mm-hmm. of 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 us, including myself, who have never been there, what's your favorite thing about the city of no- Nizhny Novgorod? What is favorite one? You know, first, first, what is of course, it's a basketball club. You know, when you when you sell in Nizhny Novgorod, it's a first of all, it's a basketball. Second. It's a very similar city like Belgrade. It's very similar, you know, very similar with uh, with the configuration of the city, with uh, with the old new one part of the city. So you know, with the rivers, with the crossroads of the rivers of the two rivers we have in Belgrade, we have Dunav and Sava. Here we have Volga and Akka. So you know, it was it was very sim- okay. What was uh, it was very close to me. What was not close to me. But I used on that. It was the Russian winter. Mm-hmm. So, you know, a lot of snow, minus temperature and everything. So that was new. But uh, during these years, I really adapt on that. I don't have any problems now. With us. I even have a more problem with the uh, with, uh, warm weather, <laughs> with the sunny weather. So, you know, for me, for me, it's now I'm, I'm really, uh, ever really prepared. And I don't have any problem with anything here. So... You know that was that was and that's also really important because of my my family was also with me. Now they are not with me because the kids are growing up. There is some special rules here in Russia. For example, they my my two sons they are sixteen and fifteen, but they are in the basketball. But unfortunately, they can't compete. They can practice it, but they can't compete because if you don't have citizenship of Russia, you can't be. 
in the official, you can't play in official games. So kids ask me to come back home in Belgrade. They're practicing over there and they're competing on their level. So I'm now, uh, I'm now uh, alone here, but it's okay. It's okay. Probably four or five years back, it will be a problem. Now I'm handling that. All right. You know Nizhny Novgorod very well. Uh, a little test for you, a Nizhny Novgorod test. Nizhny Novgorod has a twin, t- twin town or sister city in Serbia. Which city is it? <laughs> Novi Sad. Hey, good. Good job. Good job. All right. Um, why was the city Nizhny Novgorod given the nickname Russian Detroit? Russian Detroit, man. Okay, let's give me information. I want to learn something. Okay, so apparently during the Soviet period... No, no, I'm joking, I'm joking. Ah, so you I'm know. joking, I'm joking. It's uh, uh, Russian Detroit. Detroit is um, uh, like uh, when you first said Detroit, it's a production production of the car. Yeah, exactly. So in, in also in, in Nizhny Novgorod, we have big, extremely big, factory who is uh, producing the car now it's it was the car was named volga so you know uh gas gorkovsky autozavod gas so you know uh probably that's the that's the that's the detail where it's similar with detroit yeah it says the gorky automobile plant um yeah, okay. all right so what year was nizhny novgorod founded You know, they will uh, mm-hmm. they will have a celebration, I think, this year. Exactly. About about eight hundred years of the building of the Nizhny Novgorod city. So Gorky. It was Gorky earlier before that. Right. The name was of the, the city was Gorky. So it was uh, eight hundred years back. Twelve twenty one exactly. Good day, Coach. Congratulations. That's a fantastic three and oh, three and oh, three perfect answers. Um, I, you know, uh, I, I do want to ask about one 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 of the one of your team, one of your players in particular, um, and and that's Yevgeny Babarin. You know, he's he's from Nizhny Novgorod. Maybe you know yeah. you you have actually a lot of guys from your team who who played in the CSK Moscow Youth ranks um went to other clubs and now have come to your club um but you know uh evgeny has has been uh with the club he's from the city he's turned into a uh, national team player what does he how, how important is he for that entire program you know he is uh, i will tell you he is also the captain of the team you know and very interesting first he has a great personality he he is a good, very good person, and he is, he has very good character. So you know, he is one of the guys in VTB league. You can say he is in age thirty three now, who's who is progressing and developing his basketball. There is a not too much players that can be, you know, uh, they can be proud of that. Maybe some of them is, for example, I can give you Daniel Hackett, who's playing in CSKA Moscow, also in age 31 or two. Like, I'm not sure now, but also who's developing developing his game. So like Evgeny, like a player who who is from Nizhny, you know, and I will give you one information, very interesting information. You know, 
two and a half years back when he was finishing his contract with Lokomotiv Kubain. Krasnodar. Uh, he has some great offers to continue in one of one of the big Russian clubs. He said no. He refused that contract and he said, I want to come back home. I want to be in Nizhny Novgorod. So, you know, with that kind of person, that kind of personality, that kind of people, I can go in the war. So, you know, for me, he is the, he is the main person. He is the, the main guy. He is the captain of the team. He is the heart and the soul of the team. We also like to uh, ask fans of the BCL on Instagram to send questions that they want asked to uh, interview partners. So Vitaly CH23 says, a lot of your players play for the Russian national team. Would you like to be the, the Russian national team coach one day? Uh, oh, oh. Uh, listen, uh, I think that Russian Federation don't need uh, foreign coaches in that position. They have good coaches. They have definitely, they have good coaches. Now with the Sergei Bazarevich, mm. you know, he's a very difficult position because of this, you know, FIBA war. I can't say war, but FIBA problem, FIBA, FIBA Euro League, you know, who is letting the players go, the calendar and everything. You know, I'm the guy who's supporting, not because I'm talking now for the Champions League. You know, I am the guy who's supporting, you know, national team, they need to play with the best players. So, and, you know, I'm always letting the best player to leave. I know that would be the problem for me, you know, because it's not easy to work in that period. Not only one, two times, but, you know, they have to, they have to play for their country. Same, same was, for, for example, three years back when I, we have in a team, uh, Yelovats, seven Yelovats, who was mm-hmm. playing for Serbian national team. And everybody say, you know, you will let him go or not, right? No, every player who wants to play for the national team, they are free to leave. And I think that needs to start from the coach. Uh, Brandon Dot Brown, number three, uh, says, "Congrats on another great run so far in the BCL." I'm cheering from France against Ike. So, former player has said, "Congratulations to you on Instagram." Uh, Thank you very much. <laughs> I really respect Brandon. I'm really sad what he didn't say this year, but I understand him. He gets much better contra that he has in the Nizhny. So, you know, it was, it was uh, obvious for me he will not stay. But a really good guy, really good personality. Also, also player who in that age, he's a 31, who was ready to improve his game. Not, not only to use him, like, you know, he can do this, this and that and use him. Put him in the system, put him in the puzzle. No. He was ready. He was ready to listen and work and develop himself. So I respect him really a lot. And I really want from him to stay. But unfortunately, we couldn't offer him something better or what he get in France. Yeah. I was looking for uh, information about you doing research and whatnot. And I saw some, some videos, um, uh, interviews with you and then I saw you speaking Russian and I thought, oh no, maybe he could be speaking English. Um, I don't know Russian at all, uh, but it seemed to be pretty fluid. Uh, maybe how, how good do you think your Russian is and how long did it take to, to, to get pretty good at it? Yes, yes. I will tell you, when I started, when I came to Russia, 
I I didn't have I didn't learn I didn't know any words of the Russian language. Yes, Serbian and and the Russian language, their Slovenian language, they are similar. When you when you listen to them, they are similar. Yes, but grammatic grammatics and everything they're totally different. They're not nothing common, nothing. So you know, when I was signing the contract in Zeska. Uh, in that time, we have a Tutin was uh, was the the, the the main man like like now. Uh, we talked a little bit, and uh, it was like listen, Zoran, we were talking like listen. The kids are learning in Russia; they're learning English, but they don't have they're not practicing talking and everything. So within that, one coach will easier learn Russian language than 15 to 20 mm-hmm. guys to learn English. So I said, no problem. And I starting first with uh, with uh, Russian basketball words, step by step. Then after year, year and a half, I said to my assistants, listen, if you heard that Zoran is saying something not correct, please correct me. I'm not shiny guy. So, you know, give me information, correct me right away. So sometimes I was talking, try to talk on Russian, and I, you know, I looked to the players and I saw their eyes open. Like, <laughs> what are you talking about? Guys, you're not understanding anything. They said, no, coach. Okay, let's from the beginning. So step by step, step by step. Now, not now, even three, four years, five years back. Uh, basically, because we don't have too much foreign players right. in the team, mm-hmm. I have my translator in the team. So when we're starting the practice, finishing the practice, I don't want to lose too much time. I'm talking always in Russian. So, and he is translator and translating to my foreign players. During the practice, yes, of course, I'm using English because, you know, I, I have to give the crucial information to the players, what to do, how to do. You know, my translator can't run all through the court and now explain to them. So, of course, I'm, I'm working my practices on the Russian and the and the English language. But but basically, the most of the time, it's like 70% of the practice I'm working in Russian. And I think also, you know, it's respecting the country where you're working. You know, I know it's not, it will not be easy to, uh, to, to, to learn Chinese. Of course, it's not even nothing similar at all with the Serbian. But you know, Russian, there is something, you know, on the ear, you can feel, you can feel that and I was maximally involved, and I, I think from my, from my point of view, it's, pretty co- it's correct to, to learn the language of the country we are working. All right. Uh, okay. let's, let's go back to basketball to finish off. We have a draw for the playoffs, and you are with Ike, Turk Telecom, and Sig Strasberg. Yeah. Uh, maybe just your thoughts about that group. Uh, honestly, uh, we were on a traveling to Poland. Yeah, we were playing Gazelina Gora on the road, with to be. And uh, my assistants were saying to me, oh, listen, this team, that team is coming into the group. And I said, listen, guys, first thinking is who are we to, you know, to say it's, uh, it's good for us and not good for us. We are we are we are not top ranking team in this group now, and we are the small we are the small team who needs to who wants to make some surprise. That's first. Second, now it's traveling. 
uh, yeah, we have long traveling, but you know, with this Corona option, we're not option, the Corona problem, you know, it was like, okay, it's like Athens. Oh, that's good. We have direct flight from Moscow to the Athens from 7th of the February. So we start to laugh. Good one. You know, we don't have to traveling all around the world to go over there and play. So next was, uh, I think, uh, next was, uh, it was not, it was Turk Telecom. So the Russia was the first country to start to fly in Turkey. So bravo. Good connection for us. And the third one is Strasbourg. We said, okay, you know, if you want to go to plane first, it is a plane, it is a plane plus train combination. So we said, quite correct for us. Not difficult traveling. We have difficult schedule with the VTB, but you know, we have to play nine games in one month. So, you know, and fly all around Europe. But you know, we said good connections. Again, good for us, and we will have enough time to prepare for every game. That was the, the main thinking for us when we heard about our group. Good group, good teams, Turk Telecom with a good budget, Strasbourg also team. A little bit changed their philosophy with the changing of the team, new coach from the Finland this year. So we will see, we will see. And also, Ike, the team who is now on the top of the Greek basketball because Olympiakos is out of the, from the, their domestic competition. So, you know, it's the second division. Not, they're not out. They're right, the second right, division. Right, right. So, you know, they have very good roster. So it will be interesting for us, definitely. But, you know, we're not putting our hands down. Last question. Uh, thoughts about the first game is uh, against Ike uh, next week. Yes, at home. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, uh, like I said, good team. Good team. We are first. We're traveling now to Kazan to play against Unix, one of the team who is uh, playing best basketball now in the VTB. So it will be good checking for us. Then we are coming home. Ike is coming. You know, for sure it will be big surprise this snow for them. You know, they're coming from Athens. You know, mm-hmm. from 20, 25 degrees from the sunny, sunny days. But I heard also degrees, they have a snow last 10 days. So uh, this snow will be a surprise for them, for sure. And this temperature. So, you know, but for the basketball, we know a lot of their players, we play against them. So there will be even, even coach who was, who was working in VTB. Is remember mm-hmm. it was he was coaching Astana, right. and Astana in that was big surprise in that moment. So you know, uh, uh, familiar coach, familiar players expect good game. All right, Zoran Lukic, head coach Nizhny Novgorod. Thanks for the uh, wonderful, wonderful chat. Also the uh, impressive uh, test uh, passed on uh, on the city of Nizhny Novgorod, and uh, good luck in the playoffs. Thank you very much, David. Thank you. All right. Um, yeah, he was um, he was a, he was definitely a character, fun, um, and uh, you know, it's, I think it's I think one of the things that that, that um, kind of stands out in my eyes is a guy like him who has uh, has 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 you know taken to the city so much, learned the language. Um, you know, a lot of Russian young players, 
Um, you know, they can probably, you know, speak some English, understand some English, but maybe not enough. And he recognized, um, you know, he was talking about it early on that, um, you know, it's a lot easier to communicate directly um, with uh, with players. Um, and then also with that idea, the concept that Panov had is to give domestic players the chance, you know, that really impressed me, you know, even in, you know, 2000. 13 or 14, I think, is when I was looking for interviews, uh, video interviews to kind of just learn more about him. It was in Russian already, you know? I mean, okay, he had been in Russia for now, for by then, uh, something like six years. Um, and I, you know, he also talked about Russian not being that much, um, it's sounding similar to uh, Serbo-Croat. Um, I guess you can maybe say something a little bit more uh, about that yeah, than, than, than me. But, you know, the the fact that, that he's able to, you know, to communicate in these uh, domestic players' local language, I think that means that much more, you know, and it, and it, and it, and it develops the bond uh, as well. I can tell you one thing about Zoran Lukic. Even though he learned the language, he's still swearing in Serbian. So <laughs> that's a good kind of mixture of Russian and Serbian overall. And they are sort of similar, but at the same time, I don't speak a word of Russian. Like I know how to say Spasiba and Harasho, and that's about it. Those are two words more than I can. I guess I can say nit, right? No. Yeah, okay, we'll take that. Yeah. Um, all right, so uh, we are back to basketball this coming week. Uh, the first round of the games for the playoffs start up. Uh, and just as, as always, just kind of uh, give a uh, you know, talk brief, brief look at, at what is coming up. So Tuesday, we have Turk Telecom against Strasbourg, Burgos, uh, Riga, Nimburg, uh, Bamberg, and Cesare Saragossa. Uh, maybe which game are you looking at uh, most on, on Tuesday? Sassari against Zaragoza. That's about to be a game with 250 points. Yeah, I think that's going to be, um, you know, a big one. You know, I have Sassari going past, uh, you know, finishing second ahead of them, uh, Zaragoza third. So, you know, obviously they would have to kind of win that game. So it's going to be uh, pretty important. Um, that Turk Telecom uh, Strasbourg game could be pretty pretty fun to see how quick those guys those new additions um are uh, incorporated into the team uh wednesday we have nizni hosting ike uh and then karshiaka versus tofas uh igokea against tenerife and brindisi halone um I- i'm gonna go with the turkish battle um i I, <laughs> I think uh you know that's you know they only they played back uh, in the end of January, so that's really not that far off. Uh, we talked to um, Devon uh, Akun Purcell a couple of weeks ago, so go back and listen to to him on uh, also talking about that game. Um, obviously, you know, and, you know the, the domestic domestic rivalry, and I think that's probably the game to to watch. Yeah, I gotta agree because what we've learned in the previous seasons of the BCL is that. There's nothing like a domestic rivalry over here. When they meet each other, then doesn't even matter that Karciaka was so dominant and Tofash made it on the last game day in the, in the regular season. So basically anything has happened here. And they know each other so well, but that's, that's going to be a fun one to watch. Without a doubt. Um, and uh, as we said a couple times already, we do have basketball back. Uh, so um, maybe just to close, anything you're you're looking forward to? I mean, just looking forward to back 
to madness because the, this is going to be a bit different than the regular season. Teams are going to be playing every single week, so mm-hmm. we're going to have that kind of uh, crazy March. You could call it March Madness, <laughs> and then we're going to find out who who makes it to the final eight. Yeah. Uh, yeah, just happy to have him back and, you know, uh, to see how some of the additions, you know, kind of, uh, you know, change their teams a little bit. And, um, yeah. Um, all right. So if you want to follow us on, on Twitter, Instagram, the handle is, uh, basketball CL, please like the basketball champions league on Facebook, subscribe to the YouTube channel. There's the mobile app. You can subscribe to the podcast as well. And, uh, the email address is info at championsleague.basketball. All the good uh, content uh, that Igor, myself, and Deacon, and Dimitri uh, put together, that's on championsleague.basketball. And all the games are live and on demand on livebasketball.tv. So for Igor Jerkovic, David Hine, uh, enjoy having the Basketball Champions League back, and we'll talk to you next week.